Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shut Up and Sit Down, the Watercast. My name is Quentin Smith, and I am joined by Miss Lee Alexander. Hello. And Mr. Paul Dean. Watercast. Uh, that's what we're going to call our cast, because this is a cast, about the Street Wars water gun assassination game that we've okay. played in recently. Okay, all right then. Um, so this was a month-long, hmm. one-hit, one-kill water gun game that we were all very, very excited by. It's finished now. Yeah. And just very quickly, Lee, did you enjoy the Street Wars game? No. Paul, did you enjoy the Street Wars game? Not really. Mm. Did you, Quinns? No. Oh. So <laughs> let's very quickly cover this. We actually, right. We were going to do a big, long video about Street Wars, which, to clarify, is uh, a game where everybody has water guns. Yep. You, you are given a target. You go to a CD. Uh, warehouse in your city where they're playing it. They uh, give you a dossier on your target who's one of the other players. The materials are exciting. They yeah. are. You've got a... What did we get? We got like a dossier. There was a picture. A picture uh, with a, a mug shot and a full body shot with their home address, work address, mobile, and email. Mm. So you really do immediately just feel like a murderer. <laughs> Especially so when... I remember Lee and I, we played my team. Mm-hmm. And you be going to Toys R Us and picking out what weapons we had and arguing and bickering about... It felt like a yeah. You had the you wanted to take a Spider-Man web shooter and empty oh, really? it and put water in it, and I had Ooh. to explain to you that um, that compression technology doesn't work on water. Well, it was only a thought, and I think that was the amount of innovation that led to us. I think that's kind of an interesting well. idea, though. Yeah, but it wasn't going to work. No, it wasn't interesting, <laughs> but also but- stupid. Well, it's, I don't know. I might have done that. I'm glad you had someone with engineering sort of knowledge with you. We right. Thought, we thought about maybe a Hello Kitty periscope. Uh, God, we thought <laughs> about uh, We thought about walkie-talkies, disguises. Uh, yeah. We'll get to how many of these. Okay. I really think that you wanted to do this so that we could go shopping at Toys R Us for uh, a reason. <laughs> and I could buy water pistols. It, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. I am a child. But then we have this like childish joy to begin with, and we have our guns, and we have our dossier. Mm-hmm. And what I think happened, and this is really what I want to outline for people, is how this astonishingly exciting premise slumped until I, well, to give something away, I got myself killed deliberately. I actually ended up in front of the gun asking a man to kill me. Chased down your own assassin. We'll get to... I chased down my own assassin and begged him to murder me. And so <laughs> that's just... In this podcast, should we just journey? We'll yeah. End, we'll end at that moment. Let's do our journey because there's some highs. There's some good peaks in the storytelling. Mm. So, uh, Paul, do you want to outline some of the rules as to actually getting killed? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Street Wars rules of Street Wars game very simple. All you need to do is find the person who is your target, who uh, is in your dossier... Uh, and make them wet. Right, but there were, there were by, conditions, right? There, is, there are some limitations to this, which is you can't get them in their home, or you can't get them in their place of work during working hours, yep. and you can't get them on public transport mm-hmm. or waiting for it. So if they are, like, stood at the bus stop, you can't get them then. Pubs are safe zones. Uh, yes, But not as well. restaurants that have bars in them. Yeah, which is a thing, but okay. Um, but, uh, you know, there's potentially all kinds of other scenarios they could be in. Like, they could be leaving their house or leaving their place of work or walking down the road or they could be out somewhere. If they're not on the same block that they work in. Yes, thank you. The, the block that they're working in is kind of critical. It actually was a problem that I might come to later, possibly. We <laughs> might come back to that. But yeah, if you, if you can squirt them with a water pistol, if you can hit them with a water balloon or the even... Water balloons were encouraged because mm. they're unlikely to be mistaken by law enforcement or gangs <laughs> <laughs> yes. for real weapons. If you, if you, for example, hypothetically had a very enthusiastic law enforcement agency who were restless people 
who might perhaps play this in New York. want to uh, get physically violent with... Yeah. I don't know if that would ever happen where you live, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, not, not in New York. Um, but yes, but that's it. That's all you need to do. And as the assassin... There's assassin and target. If you as the target uh, have an assassin come at you and you wet them first before they wet you, you then have a 24-hour grace period where you're safe, but they're still coming after you. At the same time, you're going after someone else... They're going after someone else. There's a sort of a chain of people chasing each other. And so you know you've got to hit your target because you'll never stop the person who's hitting you, hitting you, unless they get hit by someone else, which you won't necessarily know about. Mm -hmm. And you only know who you're going after. You don't know who's coming after you. Exactly. And in fact, if you meet them... You can play as a team. You guys played as a team and I played solo. But if you have a team, one of you is designated arbitrarily as the team leader. And if the team leader gets shot, you're both out. So So there's strength in numbers... Mm. But also increase a weakness. Did you get to pick who was the team leader? No, ah. I think I booked it, so I don't know if that's why I became the yes. leader of our team. But we were told by the organizers that at any time, uh, without us, without us necessarily being notified, that our leadership would change. Yes. Or oh, really? Change. Which didn't happen during this the course is, of our play. But. Well, I guess we can cover this in a bit. But yeah, this is interesting because my first target was a person, but my second target was a team. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is interesting then, because you do have multiple. Uh, considerations so, sort yeah, of but me, yes the first thing that happened and this was kind of the game at its high point was probably the first 48 hours when we come back and the game begins at midnight and suddenly your universe just changes and this was the phenomenal bit uh, that we were all able to enjoy of <laughs> re- looking at your house and going right hang on that bu- that bush someone could hide in that oh god what am I gonna yeah. and then piecing together like Lee and I assembled a periscope from well, a stick live. and a mirror our, our home office uh, is sort of like a siege tower, and we had to be very secure. Um, and uh, we found ways to, how we would look down the stairs and figure out if anybody was coming. People could be hiding in our laundry closets. You know? <laughs> we, so all of a sudden, you look at the world in a different way. Everything's yeah. sinister. Anyone who's just kind of standing there becomes suspicious. I mean, this was the worst thing, was Lee rapidly, you got very excited about disguises. <laughs> and the thing about disguises is, at least there were some sort of corners of our city where I could relax. Like, for example, let's say a pregnant woman or, or perhaps um, a woman in, in a hijab. But now Lee, of course, pointed out that those are the two best disguises. And by the end of our I game... I want to say I didn't appropriate anyone's religious wear for this game. No, you did not. <laughs> you did, however, go around with a pregnancy belly. I did go around with a pregnancy belly. And this is, belly. again, probably one of our favorite stories. Do you want to tell the story of uh, our first hit? Or at least what happened on the train? Okay, yeah. So oh, should not start at the beginning, just tell the bit about the train? Uh, yeah, no. Well, no, yeah. why don't you... Why don't you like the thing is we've got to uh, Well, you know, I, I I can I can segue. So you understand that, you know, given the, the fact that anyone could be your assassin. Oh, oh, I might have to stop you here. Is this in your the article that we've just the spoken word piece that we've just put up? Yes. Oh, okay. Well then we'll leave that and people can hear all the exciting adventures of what happened uh, in Lee's first kill. Okay. Uh, afterwards. So I guess then this podcast is just a good place to sort of snap apart the game design and what we did and didn't like. Sure. And it is really exciting having your city transformed. I mean, I guess you're not paying for the fact that um, uh, one person is hunting you. What you're paying is 
The city you live in becomes a different city for weeks. And you feel like a weird stalker. Like, uh, at one point, I did have to go into a Target's apartment building and wait in his elevator lobby. And I wasn't really doing anything wrong standing in the elevator lobby, but I felt like the biggest <laughs> creeper in the entire world. My hands shaking, you know, wow. twitching as anybody walked by me. Like, I'm not supposed to be in this person's elevator lobby. Mm. So, <laughs> And then also even just another realization of how awful an assassin you are. Like, uh, we all... Well, that's the main point of my audio recording. Yeah, and all of us discovering that I think all the guns we bought leak. And if you're buying a gun to go around town with, then that's a massive problem. Like, by the end of the game, I was kind of impressed by how familiar I was with our guns and their problems. Like, I found out that the double-barrel shotgun we got shot fire if you cocked it while it was pointing at the ceiling. I knew the places to put duct tape on the tiny cheap guns so they wouldn't yeah. leak as much. The yeah. angles to put them in your pocket. Yeah. Now, that's that's a really crushing thing that you're in a stakeout all day and you look and you notice that your gun has run out of water somewhere yeah. along the way. Yeah, this is a thing. On the, the day before we started, uh, because you have that, that sort of final day where you know at midnight everything ticks over, um, I, I had like a, a, a fully automatic pistol thing batteries that went chug 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 batteries chug. I was yeah. so annoyed when I saw that because actually when Paul and I went to Toy Fair it was in, about six pounds as well uh, <laughs> when we went to Toy Fair in 2012 we because we worked for a stons- ostensibly a toy and game site uh, Super Soaker you know Nerf showed us their range of Super Soakers and they just finally got the ability to make electric Super Soakers which have the battery compartments yeah. so I even knew about these and I forgot to buy one for this game it's, it's that it was kind of affordable and I it and was he also came he was very jealous of your guns <laughs> oh dear <laughs> isn't this just the most adult game and also the most childish thing and it's, we've ever it's, reviewed there was that there was an amount of like kid level of enthusiasm and even like the kid planning that you do when you're a kid when I thought I need something that I can use with one hand because mm-hmm. if I'm cocking it with another hand that's more difficult, more yeah. awkward. This is a thing I could use with one hand. And then I bought these mini ones that you yeah. could carry in a pocket. And I was thinking of all the different things, I could, like the hoodie I have that has a pocket in the front. So you can easily put things in there and they never look suspicious. Very quickly get it yeah, out. you analyse the clothing you have. I remember the one hand thing. I uh, went to get shopping in the first week. And this was when I really still cared. Um, I made a mass... And we'll get, I know that all this sounds, I think, pretty fun. So I'm looking forward to explaining to the listeners why this yeah. fell apart for all of us. All of us, not even one of us. Yeah, we're making it sound really good so far. Well, we're good at that. Well, it did start off good. It, yeah, the first because five of stuff days like were this. really fun. Um, so maybe let's start with the rules, which are you have to hit your target in week one. Oh, yes. If you reach the yeah. end of week one without hitting your target, you're out. If you do manage to hit your target in week one, in week two, you'll have to get two targets. No, no, that wasn't... It escalates, right? No, it's one one target per week. Oh, yeah. For the first two weeks, you have to get at least two targets in the first two weeks, about one target per week. So those are the expectations. So the first week was really exciting because uh, my partner and I got our target on the second day. Um, I arranged, you know, I tried stalking the old-fashioned way one morning, and I was like, I'm never getting up early again for the duration of this game, so <laughs> I leveraged professional connections in order to induce this person to meet me. And again, good. Yeah, you'll hear about it in my story, but uh, we, we were feeling really high on ourselves as we got our first target on the second day of the competition, um, and re- pr- promptly received the next one. And, and we uh, had like 11 days to hunt our second target. Yeah, exactly. So it's day two. You know, and there's all of this constant correspondence from the organizers about what they expect of us and, you know, how we had better not be disappointing and all these things. So, you know. Brilliantly outlining just how devious people were, people would spoof the email address of the organizers Mm. to say, and 
we got one of the uh, one of the teams got knocked out like in the first few days because they received an email from Street Wars saying oh, you've been selected for a special bit of info. They went to a pub and were murdered immediately <laughs> by people imitating the organizers. So the organizers are in pretty much constant contact with us, um, updating us with the rules and updating us with what the expectations are. And you know, I like rules. I feel really good when I'm following the rules <laughs> and when I am performing in excess of I sense some criticism coming up. <laughs> my, my Batman, spy, Batman sense? Spider sense. So sense. After, after achieving my first target on my second day of the competition and believing I had an, another 11 days to leisurely set up the next appointment, um, all the while, all throughout the week, we're getting emails. If you don't get your first target by the end of the week, you know, you'll be out. And me not worried about that at all because we've already achieved the expectation. Um, but come to find out, when we get to the end of the first week, there decides to be a stay of execution because I guess maybe not that many people, uh, not enough participants got their first target. And it's, it, it was, I guess, clear to some extent from the beginning that the shadow government could modify the rules at any time. But... We expect on Sunday night that a lot of people are going to be eliminated. Instead of hearing that, we get a message saying, okay, some of you have new targets and some of you now have another week to get your target if you haven't yeah. already. We're, you benefited from that stay, right? I did, and I wasn't expecting that. Because, did you get a new target or did you have another week for your same target? Well, I was immediately, I got a new target, which was a team. I originally started with one dude yeah. who uh, I spent a considerable amount of time trying to sort of just find in the real world and never did. And yeah. then I got a team of three people. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I benefited from having a target switch after thinking I'd be wiped out, and I wasn't. Mm. And I have a feeling that you're right also, that it might be that a lot of people didn't hit targets, because we could log into that website and yeah. we could see who's in, who's out. Yeah, and we didn't I think, mention that there was a, it was a huge social media infrastructure yeah, around this game. Which so was that, quite good. Yeah, it was very good. It had really good digital backend, so every day we could go and look at the status of how many people had gotten killed... How many people were, you know, how many kills individual teams did have. Um, so that was a cool way for us to keep track. Um, but yeah, I didn't think that the target switch was going to affect us at all because we had already met the expectation. Uh, but come to find out, I took my time across the 11 days that we had for our second target. Um, and just as I'd arranged a meeting with the second yeah. target who didn't suspect me at all, I looked and noticed that our target had been swapped despite the fact that we had done everything that we were supposed to do. And you'd spent a decent amount of time preparing for yep. the next one. Absolutely, um, you know, with the expectations as I understood them. So that was a bit frustrating. So I actually wrote in, you know, because they do say if there's problems, send them, send them to us and we'll adjudicate. So I said, um, you know, why did you change my target? I, I made my hit in the first week and, uh, you know, I've already set up to meet this person. I believed I had all this time. Um, I didn't think that rules designed to benefit players with no kills would affect players who have kills. Um, and they said, you know, you're right, you know, we'll try to sort this out, um, but it's going to take a long time to change it in the system, uh, so don't do anything until you get a notification. Um, so I, I was excited to meet my target anyway because it was someone that I want, that you know I, I thought would be a good person to network with anyway. Um, but when I went to go meet him, he said, ah, oh, you know, I had been playing this water gun game and I got knocked out this morning. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, like before they could even give me my target back. He was assassinated by the people that he had recently been given to. Yeah. Even though, you know, so that seems like that's not the sort of thing that should happen. Um, so that was a bit frustrating. Yeah. yeah. And now, not only that, but I now had three or four days left in the second week to get a team. So I don't think any of that would be, I mean, that obviously sounds frustrating, but I don't think it would be as annoying as it was if getting our targets wasn't so 
difficult. I mean, it was, wasn't it? We 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 all had experiences of essentially waiting. It's a lot of going to someone's house or work and, and waiting there yeah. because that you can't kill them in their work. You can't tip them off that you are outside their work. So it's a lot of either setting up a meeting or stalking. You just wait outside their place. Rapidly, we realized, like from the excellent bulletin board of this is how I got assassinated, which was great, creepy reading. But, you know, people with cars had a massive advantage. So, yeah, this is a thing. Uh, And I mean, absolutely, I I mean, I agree with you. We were looking through that site and reading through it sort of as the days went past. I think there was a kill or two on day one. And I thought, oh, you know, it's all started. It's got going. Um, And then there were stories about a lot of waiting, a lot of sort of catching people after they got off the bus, Mm. after they got out of their home, after they got off public transport you can't or whatever. really have a fix you know it's very hard for people with day jobs to do this to other people with day jobs mm-hmm. yeah and a lot of the people who would like there was someone who waited all night outside someone's place of work and got them very early in the morning when they're really tired now see i i hear all this and i know that this is the kind of it's built into the marketing materials of street wars that you know you, you you're dedicated wait, you'll wait outside all night and you'll do x y and z but and it's it sounds yeah. awful to say that that's not fun but it's actually just a tremendously inflexible system. Mm. You know, it's... Uh, I want to be really careful while we're trying to pinpoint why we didn't enjoy this by not just sounding, like, curmudgeonly, because I'm sure people back home, like, I've mentioned this... Well, it demands, some... an enti- it, it demands a lot of rigidity and a lot of focus. And in order for me to feel comfortable investing that, I want to know that the rules are reliable. I want to know that there is a predictable uh, outcome. But even when they were reliable, even before the switch, you were getting frustrated as well. Oh, no, I wasn't really. I was, you know, it it requires a lot of mental endurance. But I was at that point aware that that's what I had signed up for. But when I realized that I was going to make it to the end of two weeks with only one kill, basically because they switched the expectations on me, that made it feel like a lot of my patience and attention um, was not worthwhile. Okay, what about you, Paul? Because you just, you weren't able to find the time to get I, the kills you needed. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I mean, I think it's really interesting what you and Lee is uh, saying about, like, it felt like you invested quite a lot of time in coming up with plans to encounter people. I, I wasn't so good at doing that. And it's also good, I think, you could bounce ideas off each other. You had two heads. Yeah. Um, there I, were a lot of late night discussions as to this will work, this won't work. Trying to finalise, which is awesome. Things. And in that a part way. was fun. I'm a little bit jealous of that. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, with my first target, I knew where he lived. I knew where he worked. I kind of knew a bit about what he did. He, I found, I phoned up his work and sort of worked out kind of what hours he did, but not exactly what hours. Mm. Uh, I knew what his job was, and I could sort of, to some degree, track him on social media sort of slightly indirectly by an account he ran so maybe have an idea of of when he was working you can't just assassinate someone with the information you're given there has to be some amount of stalking or manipulation i think because otherwise it's just too grueling it depends on how open they are on social media that's true i mean i did have a this is some of the stuff i had the most fun with calling up our first target's work and find like when you were you were waiting outside his door and i called up his work spoke to a secretary and was able to get the information that he wasn't in when he usually gets in yeah and uh would and, and that makes you feel like you know jason Bourne. yeah but it was which is great which is awesome a secretary makes you feel um, like jason Bourne. i have low born stare have you not seen that bit in the born identity <laughs> where he calls a secretary and hangs up panicking <laughs> god 
that was me, almost. Oh. Uh, well, Paul, you actually had quite a good story about how you thwarted your own assailants, even though they had Well, so here's, here's a thing. We will put footage of this online. We're going to run our own uh, sort of water gun assassin game, which is more conducive to actually filming and experimenting with different mechanics, where we will definitely use this footage, but for the love of God, tell people what happened. I'll, I'll start by contrasting by... Yeah, it's a good point. I'll start by contrasting with what I was doing with this other guy, sure. which is... A good idea of what his route to back and forth to work is outside his office, can't hit him on like the block that he works on, can't hit him on public transport, so I've got a very tiny window to catch him coming out of his, his office. His office right by public transport? Yep. Okay, so you have a very tiny, narrow space. Never see him. Oh. He never comes he out when I choose to wait. Or something. Maybe, possible. Yeah. Might not, not come out the front door. I started losing interest in the game when I found out how many people were wearing disguises because I have really bad facial recognition anyway. Yeah. And so it's, you know, what do you do then? It's like you're waiting outside their house or their work and... You don't. If you don't 100% know it's them, if you're only 50% sure, it's like, are you going to waste a morning for a chance but that they this might is, come out? This is what I did outside his work, was basically lose a whole evening for the window I had of when I thought, the very earliest time I thought he might leave, be there before that, the very latest time. And the same as I went to his local station and I went to where he lives uh, and scoped out, sorted out his house, looked out, hid in the bins behind where he you lived for a while. You hid in a bin? In the bin area. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, oh, worked out like how I could get into this because I couldn't get into his building because he had oh, like a video camera. Oh, he didn't give you his camera, did he? Oh, this is the second one. We'll come to that. Oh, the first God. one I could, but you know, I did a lot of stalk. Never saw him around. Like big windows of time, entire evenings of like four or five hours gone, almost, including like the time to get there and back. People came for me one evening, and what they did. <laughs> Uh, and I was just cooking in my kitchen, yeah, you know, frying my stuff told me, but on I'd my stove. Uh, it's good because I haven't related this properly, so there's a good opportunity to tell a story that I can <laughs> tell my kids. All right. Uh, frying my my food on my stove and stirring my pot of pasta or whatever. If I can just preface this, this might be the most masculine thing you've ever done. <laughs> I was very impressed when I heard about it, Paul. Yeah, well, I I, I so do interesting I do right. interesting things under pressure. Yeah, no, I, I sort of I don't really follow the sort of that I'm not a very manly man, maybe. I don't know. I've, I've neglected that, that gender stereotype. So I'm there daintily cooking. <laughs> and there's like a rumble of really loud motorbikes. And I always notice really loud motorbikes because it's always like a noise that makes me groan a, a bit like a curmudgeonly old man. Mm-hmm. And two guys turn up at the end of the, the street or the end of the road that I live on, on like big silver motorbikes <laughs> in big leather jackets. And I go, that looks a bit weird. Who are they? I've never seen them before because I know like every, most of the vehicles on my street I know yeah. and I recognise a lot of the same people. And I go, oh, that's funny. They really stand out. I wonder who they are. They've got water pistols. <laughs> they just had the, the pistols naked and quite in big, the parking lot. Quite big, like super soakers. I need to illustrate. If people at home have seen The Wire, the scene where the cops show up in the, <laughs> in the, in the projects and sort of look around and you realise that Every single one of these black windows is looking out onto exactly where they are, and they have no idea where they are. Or what. That is where Paul. It lives. was yeah, sort of. It's very easy for me to see they what was happening. They were the cops from the wire at that point. They pulled. Well, up. look at all these windows. The giant motorbikes, been... tons of windows looking down upon the lot, and yep. them with their giant water pistols as they unstraddle their masculine <laughs> rockets. Well, this is it. They they taken a like a motorcycle journey from the early 80s to where I live and by doing so really stood out there was no subtlety 
and I, I stopped cooking and I started videoing some of sort of myself going, it could be something happening, but it's so ridiculous. I don't think it is because why would anyone be that obvious? Yeah. Why would they just walk around with a... That's not... But, I mean, but why, would, why else would someone be in your parking lot with super soakers? So I thought, it can't be happening, it can't be happening. And then... Um, <laughs> you in denial. I got my super soaker anyway, and I got ready by my door, and I, I was peeping out the peephole, and then there was a guy in the corridor who seemed confused about the number on my door. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, Same some legit. amount of discussion. And then the guys walking around in leather with, with super soakers... And I thought this clearly like they're, they're going to do something, <laughs> but they don't seem to quite know what they're doing. Uh, like bebop and, and rock steady in your whole life. <laughs> yeah, they were just like that. So I, un- I uh, took the latch off the door and the door was ready. So I would just open it would yeah. make no noise so when I opened point, it. If they pushed open the door to your house, it would just swing open. Oh, yeah. They could have just instantly uh, come in. There's a rule that they, you cannot enter a target's house unless invited. That's true. So they could not have just stormed into your apartment. That's true. They're like vampires. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But the, a guy, I could see, I had another look through the peephole, I came back with the super soaker, and there was a guy just sort of hunched by my door. Uh, what and do I you thought, think was okay. going uh, And then my phone went off. And obviously they've got my number. Now, can, so, if, if I may interject here, yes. if you look at the footage of this, because Paul, you set up the camera pointing at your front door because you thought something might happen. Oh, yeah, yes. Paul got this on video. It is the most astonishing 30 seconds, like something out of an action movie, with Paul with the gun in his hand. Lights really low, looking at his front door, yep. which is unlocked. And you can hear noises on the <laughs> other side. And you are standing there with the gun in your hand, not moving. And it's the most agonizing 30 seconds because you're just waiting in total silence. And that, it was total silence. And then my phone went off, which is the Katamari Damacy tune. And at that point, I thought, I don't know why that triggered me. That's like the toaster going off in Pulp Fiction. That just flipped me. So I pulled the door open and I just chugged at this guy. And there was a, like, I briefly got his face and there was that moment of him going, in slow motion, (laughs) chug, chug, and just slammed the door. Right. Um, Which is all still on camera. And he just ran. Like, I don't know why he ran, because there's nothing at that point for him to run from. (laughs) But they sort of, they went. And I think what they tried to do was fake a delivery or say, like, there's someone here or is this Paul Dean or... Yeah. And I would open the door and they'd get me and I'd go, oh, dear. But it was so sort of unsubtly done and they made so much noise. (laughs) And then at the very end, the bonus I had, I don't have this message on my answer phone, but because my phone had kept ringing and gone to answer phone, my answer phone message was them with their... Caught them cluttering around. Yeah, still like trying to get back into the lift and going, oh, did we get... What happened? Didn't work. Which was sort of a... And then the lift like stops at the wrong... I can hear the lift going like third floor and they get out thinking that they're on the (laughs) ground... And it just became a bit even operate, keystone it? cops or something. Oh I, I don't quite know what happened. So here's the thing, right? We have these great stories. I mean, especially if you listen to Lee's thing, it sounds fascinating. Yeah, there's great stories. That was a cool funny. moment. It was really fun and for that my was funny. to hear about. But the thing is, and it's like, it's one of those great games to listen to. And I need people to, if you've ever heard of the online game as well, EVE Online, which gives these fascinating stories of players waiting yeah. for two months to ambush a ship that's worth $40,000. Yeah. People who set up really elaborate yeah. plans and over the, a long period of time. And I think, you know, EVE Online, more than any other video game, has players who hear these stories, join in and quit as soon as they find out what the game is. And this reminded me of that. Because 
like the first time I left my house with the gun and I went to the shops and I was looking at everybody and I had yeah. the soup sucker in my hand. The or when we the met. If I was in the office, you would have to call me so that I could clear the yard before yeah. you came home. <laughs> no, all That's of amazing. This. Yeah. No, we, 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 we really worked. But then you do that once. You do it twice. We leave the house like two, three times a day. So after like 10 days of spending twice as much time, like 10 minutes yeah. every time. So in total, you probably spent something like six hours Doing preparations and clearing the Which yard. Which never sure amounts. No in the house. Never amounts to anything. We and never even saw anyone. Yeah. And so Me neither. Well. Well, apart from what happened. Sorry, exactly. sorry, carry on. I'll no, say what I'm going to say in a minute. So I'll get to where I think they could have fixed this immediately. Because I, as soon as we were done with this game, I bought a PDF of something called Killer, which mm. is by Steve Jackson Games, and it's on its fourth edition now. That fourth edition was published in the 80s. And it's this. It's Watergun, or it's just assassination games, but fought out so well. And they can be more complicated. They can be phenomenally complicated. They can have mail bombs and fa- warring families and mafias, rules for all of that. Or they can be simpler and just smarter. Um, and, like, uh, I forget the original point I was going to make, but the next point I wanted to make is that one of... The game we played, the, the knockout game, is the first mode that Killer says. Uh, it's the first mode it suggests. But then right after that, it goes, but here's something better, right? Uh, it's called Circle of Five or something, and mm-hmm. it's exactly what we played, but you don't have one target. You have five of them. And you're not on any one person's list. You're on five lists. And you don't have one life. You have five lives. And what that will do is it will enable you to kill more people. It will enable you to be killed more times. It enables you to just ah. play the game more. Because the big problem a huge problem I found, and maybe you guys will agree, with a knockout game is there is no sort of encouragement for players to be good targets. Yeah. I lost my mind, like I said, as soon as players started disguising themselves and going into work an hour early. And all this is sales points on the Street Wars site because it does sound fun. But in practice, it's just... Makes the game worse. It's phenomenally boring. I remember the story I was going to say. So actually how I got knocked out. So okay. after two weeks of Lee doing... Good it was actually, it was three weeks. We made it through our first two weeks. With one kill. Um, and we were given... After my target was switched and I had set up a meeting and suddenly realized that we had three or four days left to uh, assassinate a team that worked in Hammersmith. Oh, yeah. The opposite yeah. side of London. Which yes. we're like, really, in four days, we're going to go... Now I have to go and sit out there every day for four days. Not worth it. So we waited out the two weeks thinking we'd get knocked out. Nope. Extended. <laughs> like, we were, again, extended, even when we expected to be knocked out. So not only were the rules completely porous at this point, and changing every day and being updated every day, uh, to the point that it got fatiguing and tedious, all the snarky, tough, scary emails with their, like, cool, edgy, bossy tone. Like, we got a little bit over that. And uh, so, yeah, we're in the third week and just, like, we're not even playing anymore. We're playing a war of attrition with the rest of the teams. So, like, yeah, I mean, it is that is attrition. Like. Yeah. I finally, the one encounter that I got of anyone coming to my house, and like, I, this is an indictment on the game design more than the players, because I did see emails from them being like, ah, oh, you Londoners aren't, you know, getting as many kills as other cities, and it's like, well, our city is huge, this is a problem with yes. the game you've created, we're not willing to spend an hour getting somewhere yeah. for four hours waiting outside the house, for, we, we can't burn an evening like that, so, Yeah, not because we don't have that time, but because the game does not make it... A worthwhile investment. London for is us. a really big canvas to do something like this across. Yeah. And I mean, Lee, you were mentioning uh, you thought that maybe the targets were switched around to encourage people to uh, become a bit more proactive, or some people weren't playing. And I think after the first week when I logged into the site, there were so many people who hadn't yet got a kill. Yeah. Uh, um, 
I mean, this or is... so many people have just managed one. I, I think there was a large amount of people who were struggling to engage with the game and yeah. find each other and connect. I mean, this is why, you know, again, the, the modes in Killer, reading the PDF that have got me so excited, are things like there are uh, sort of essentially you'll be in the team, maybe teams are fun, but also uh, you'll maybe be trying to assemble the parts of a bomb and bomb parts will appear in parts of London. The other team that has to protect these parts knows where they are. Has reasons so for you to be in the same place. The geography is used in a finite way. Right, and if you if the geography somehow conspires that you do not encounter another player, which is a very real problem with a city, you still are able to get a reward for that evening. You're yeah. able to get a part or a weapon or some reward. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, like another obvious thing in Killer is you're given a point for a kill if you're playing five circle, circle of five death, you're getting five points for a kill. You're also given points if you die well. If you're a good target who you know will run and give chase and you know be shot and scream, if the other player will be like, "Oh wow, that was actually awesome. You made me feel like a hitman." That's extra points for that player. That's interesting. The power balance in this game was transparently in favor of the organizers. They were very casual about it. Like, "Yep, you're playing us. You're paying us for our own amusement. Now we watch you run around and shoot each other." There was no incentive um, for us to play well. There was we were not incentivized to entertain one another. Um, yes, the entertainment is the thing. There was no good sport element. I yeah. mean, we, we were encouraged to write up stories, but aside from that, it was tremendously mercenary. Right, and you, they said that we should write up stories, but it was not really clear uh, to what extent you know people were were reward. It, it there there was a lot of posturing, I think, through the social network and through there the was correspondence of that. And the thing is, I th- for a while I thought this was um, there was a, a maybe more potential in that. Yeah. I mean, I was. Uh, I'm kind of moderately visible on social networks and there's a certain amount of transparency to me as maybe as a person, I don't know online, but I was I was deliberately tweeting places that I wasn't and I was uploading Instagram photos from places that I wasn't. Mm. Like I would go somewhere and take a photo and up, up, upload it the next day. Right. Uh, and for a while this was kind of exciting. I remember the first time Quinz and I met like in a cafe uh, near where I live and we were watching everyone suspiciously, but... Certainly by the end of it, I didn't feel... You rapidly realised that, that the fiction you create in your head is is not actually th- real. Yeah, but the thing is, we were. I think all of us three were investing a certain amount of effort into chasing our yeah. kill down and not being caught, but I don't know if everyone else playing was doing no, that. No, we create... Yes, we invest in a fiction that's only fun for us, and there's no way to share it with the other players. If other people... If we could see other people being involved in it, or maybe signs that they were doing as much as we were... I mean, yeah. this is but, the thing. You get... They encourage you to write up your kill, they encourage you to video your kills, but they don't encourage you to do anything to make those kills more interesting intrinsically. They just say that uh, the kill, killing is good, and doing it in a stylish way is good, but there's no emphasis to make it, to provide an entry to any other player. Players yeah. have to hand-carve situations with which they will get a kill, and yeah, that's not, it doesn't feel like what you've necessarily paid for. Yeah. Um, the one, God, even when the way I got knocked out was like, you know, end of week two and Lee and I are discussing like whether we even want to keep playing because we've been given the sixth release. And we yeah, don't we actually care. wrote in and we were like, uh, we, we should quit. Can we can we kill ourselves? And they said, are you sure you want to do that? Um, you could at the very least just hang in there and wait for your assassin. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, oh my God. At, I, it was a really hot day and I'd done a lot of work in the morning or an exercise or something and I was just exhausted so I ended up napping, right? I was, mm-hmm. na- I was actually asleep in our bed and then I hear on our front door. Not the doorbell, but on our front door, which Lee and I always knew was a possibility. The door to the flat. The door to the flat. And so I think, is it a neighbour? And then I think, oh, I won't... Like, and I hear footsteps, which is our housemate, the person Lee and I lives with, uh, going to answer the door. So Rachel answers the door 
and uh, and then just goes ah and screams, and then a, I hear a guy going, "Oh, sorry, I thought ah, uh, is he ah, uh, is Quinton in?" <laughs> so they shot. They shot our house. They shot our housemate, and I'm lying in bed, and I sort of was uh, she upset? Like, how did no, she? No, no, she was like, "Oh God, no, it's fine." She was being very nice about oh, it. Oh, so, so they must not have wet her significantly. No, it was it was a very small gun. <laughs> okay, and I'm lying in bed thinking, "Hang on, okay, for a start, that was really stupid, but also, it's nine to five. I, she I, doesn't look much like me either. She doesn't. I mean, she, she, we both have curly hair. But also, so we, quite we are work from home, which means from nine to five, our home is our place of work, which means stipulated in the manual, we can't be killed on our yeah. place of work. So I walk out. I it's on, quite clear about that. Yeah. yeah. I put on my dressing gown and I walk. It's like three in the afternoon, so I can't even be killed. And I stagger out my dressing gown to the guy and go, hey, it's like, first of all, you know, you can't kill me now. Second of all, you know, how did you get in and all this stuff? And he's like, oh, yeah, hi, sorry, yeah. And he's just bumbling. And he was lovely. He was really nice. But also it was like, no, just... Is this the nearest thing I'm going to get to an assassin hunting me? Is this the best thing this game can cough up? And the answer was yes. So I was like, okay, just... He had bought... Didn't he me. buy a bunch of cakes so that he could pretend he was distributing he, samples? He, he was quite clever. He bought cakes um, and said that he was from a bakery that opened up. He basically arrived in our area, went that's to a local bakery, bought yeah. cakes, said he was from the bakery and said he was giving out samples to everybody. So that's how he got into our building. I mean, that's fine and all, but it was just two weeks of waiting and, you know, like 50 quid of paying and plus all the money from traveling around London and all I was able to get is this moment of a guy shooting my housemate and me saying no. And it's, it's unfair for game designers to offload the responsibility for their game being entertaining on players like that because I'm sure mm. the designers of Street Wars will listen to this and say, well, you guys just weren't getting into it and it's not our fault that the hitmen weren't getting into it. It's like, no. A good game is going to force players, encourage players to be exciting and duplicitous. And I think that toward the end of the game, um, it was clear to me that they were trying to escalate the situation yeah. um, by introducing rogue assassins. Players that had been eliminated were uh, offered the opportunity to come back and uh, accompany the commander. And Because if you can kill the commander, you've won. Um, so they, they were bodyguarding the commander and they were having these uh, drinks for the dead events every week where, you know... They, they tried to add a game element of these celebratory drinks that if you come, you know, you might be able to meet your target. You know, it's, there's a risk, but also a potential reward if you come to this celebratory drinks. But I didn't. Why would I come to a place where my assassin might be? You know, like I was not enticed by that at all. And then saying, well, there could be rogues. That doesn't frighten me any more than the fact that I was being hunted before. Right. And you know, I mean, so like... the things that they tried to do to escalate the uh, game mechanics did not grab me at all. They just kind of made me roll my eyes because it was yet more nonsense being email blasted at me on a daily mm. basis. Right. I and mean, if there was a mechanic, like if there was, you get points for attending this, you will get an extension on your kill. You'll get more information on your target if yeah. you come to these And And those things were always alluded to, but not explicitly declared. So it, like, you know, maybe you'll get something from us if you show up. It's not an enticing uh, proposition. Mm. It's not. And it's not in terms of like a game mechanics concept. It's, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's just a vague... And they had, they had set up... And it's I think, not a rule. You know, this is designed to be uh, narratively entertaining. A relationship between the shadow government and the commanders of the game and the players that was intentionally antagonistic where they would basically like gloat at us and make fun of us a yeah, lot. Yeah, which could have... That's not, it's not necessarily a bad idea. That's not inherently a bad idea, a bad idea um, for, the for theater. But... If they are also in charge of disseminating all of the information about the game and they are in charge of enforcing the rules, that complicates it because, you know, you don't feel that you can trust them. Mm. I mean, it, just, it, it generally felt disappointing, uh, sort of, and it left me with a bad taste in my mouth. I think I realize now because the game peaks when you pick up your dossier. I mean, it peaks when you sort of meet the designers and they give you a dossier and you open it and Lee and I got excited because we knew someone and then you go home and your home is transformed and then every single day the game gets worse. 
because you get more exhausted. There's less sort of like evidence of ev- all the emotion you're putting into it paying back out. Yes. So it is like very a, much. It's a constant downward slope. Whereas if there had been events like if you have some a dossier and then halfway through the week there'd been some introduction of not necessarily even a mechanic but more information on your time. More information or ways to get more information. You know, risk, really clear risk. Maybe maybe mechanics. just other things to do. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, I I to a degree I don't know. Maybe there's a lack of originality, but I was also. Especially when my targets were switched yeah. and suddenly everything became incredibly difficult. I yeah. was because I, I was targeting people who worked in finance, who worked at a certain place where mm. I had no connection to them, um, and I had no. They were uh, uh, foreign people working for I think a foreign company who were a team of three, and two of them were married and lived together in one block of flats. One yeah. of them lived somewhere. They lived on right the other side of London. Yeah, um, it took me quite a long time to get to them. Um, there was not very much sort of to grip on beyond, again, just sitting outside where they lived. Yeah, and I think uh, that his point is that he could find a manual with several other ways to play assassination games that were easily more entertaining or just, than this. Or combine us. Mm. Yeah. I, I was looking at these people and where they lived is the, the block was the same block as their public transport, so I, I couldn't hit them where they worked. Uh, when I went to where the married couple were lived in there, you were talking about a block of flats where their address was kind of wrong. Their address was a block of flats and the mm. block of flats was 25. Thing. And I turned up sort of dressed as a delivery guy with a package. Mm. Um, you didn't even know which bell to ring. Uh, so I just rung the reception thing for the concierge who wasn't there. Uh, and there was, a ma- there was a massive vid phone thing and a thing saying all visitors must have ID mm. uh, and all things are recorded by the Metropolitan Police because the Ooh. road, it was a very rich area of London. Uh. They worked in finance. They're on the same road as the Malaysian High Commission. Okay. And I thought, actually, I don't, at that point, I mean, to a certain degree, I think also feeling uncomfortable is cool, but to that point, I was no, maybe I'm faking taking a legal risk I, by messing around. I didn't here. know at that point if I walked into that building. By security guards. Yeah. I mean, if, this is really, it comes down to there's an enormous, this game in particular has an enormous investment of time to do anything. And for that to function... That definitely for us. Certainly, for, well, I think in London in general. In London, yes. But, the, but that, the, that then means that there needs to be, for this game to work, a similarly large reward. Mm. And that reward was not there. It was, do you want to do this exhausting thing to that may or may not work to get a kill? And that kill is exciting, it might not work. And your reward for that evening spent is the game continues. Yeah. Which mm, is not yeah. a satisfying thing. If it was sort of, you then get, I, I don't know, some kind of point score, some kind of kudos, some kind of... Something tangible rather than just the game goes on. Because right. it, but even then it's complicated because it increases the, you know, if let's say the first few people to get kills then get further benefits over the people that haven't had them yet. Right. It's this, not easy to design. We should acknowledge that. We should, except the rules to design this cleverly exist in Killer. Yeah. Like, you actually just open this PDF and it's, and it's fascinating and... Even just rules, like, it's so exciting to even read about Killer. Like, the way that bombs work in it, for example, is balloons. If you can hear the pop of a balloon, then you are within range for the bomb to kill you. Now, that's immediately interesting for a couple of reasons. First off, it means you can do mail bombs. You just need to construct a physical device where the balloon pops when someone opens it. Second off, it means that you can accidentally get uh, innocents killed. Like, it means you want to pop a balloon when only your target can hear it, because in Killer you get negative points for even killing anyone else. And then <laughs> other stuff, like you can accidentally kill yourself assembling you know, bomb. bombs. Yeah. yeah. Or, if you really want out the game, you can be a suicide bomber, and you can just be <laughs> on the... You can Run up to, to someone with a balloon. You can be outside their window and pop the balloon and take yourself out. 
You know, it's it's this is all sort of So they should have basically read killer before charging like thirty quid per person or forty quid per person. Sixty quid. Per person. Uh, Sixty quid, which is a hundred dollars. Oh my god. Or Mm. maybe a bit more than a hundred dollars now. I I thought that was the collective cost for the pair of us. No. Oh my god. It's Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, if I had known that before we uh, began this, I might have had a little bit more acerbic. Ah. Yeah, sixty pounds is. I mean, the materials were excellent. I, I I assume that it went to building the social infrastructure. Well, there's a and, cash prize as well. Yeah, I think between the cash. Yeah, but it's five hundred quid. The, but the cash prize, the administration, and the uh, renting of like locations to begin with, and all the people involved with it. Yeah. I I think that's not surprising that they. It's not like they're rolling in profits. Yeah, no, that's true. They, yeah. they are just trying to do a fun thing, but uh, but it it it's just not that entertaining. It requires. A significant investment of money and time and will for the players to enjoy it. And once we get into that, we're not going to do anything Shut Up and Sit Down can recommend because good games take people who don't want to invest anything and give things to you, you know? Yeah. And then that's before... We probably also should mention that um, uh, there was some tonal stuff which uh, which really uh, struck an awful time. There was a particular... I can't... Re- I might rely on you guys to remember this, but there was a mention of... of- a particular thing in strip clubs at some yeah, point. Yeah, so the final yeah. thing is... There you... were, like, you know, uh, jokes that I would have construed as rape jokes toward the end. No, there were rape jokes. Yeah. There were rape jokes when we picked up a package, and by the end there was, um, uh, you know, the the final thing, if you've lasted long enough, is that the first players to assassinate the Supreme Commander, the com- Shadow Commander, what's it called? A Supreme Commander. Supreme Commander wins, and the Supreme Commander is the guy who organises the game, and he flies to London, and then he's in a hotel. And there's, you cannot kill him in his hotel, you can't kill him in strip clubs, you can't kill him in bars. And uh, strip clubs was mentioned jovially, like, you know, you, you can't hurt him when he's trying to have a good time or something. But the thing is, is, you know, obviously we're not policing the tone that people can necessarily have, but that tone was not expressed when anyone signed up. No, it was hard to tell that it was going to be a game with that tone. You know what I mean? So if some people don't really like, you know, rape jokes and stripper references, you know, which not everybody wants that tonality in their games. You know, more, you know, if that's what you think is fun, I guess, like, more power to you. But, you know... We were sort of surprised at the dark tone that the that the game took. I mean, I have a high tolerance for that kind of thing, but I know a lot of people don't, and it would have been nice to have been told up front what types of, you know, what types of characters they were playing in the context mm, of this game. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I I I don't know. It's not quite my flavor of thing. It's not a thing that personally offended me that yeah. much, but it was more a sort of he can't be killed in strip clubs. Well, okay, why would I ever be in a strip club with him? It's yeah, not it's my... one of the rape jokes that I didn't like. Um, that's not cool by me. No, that's right. not. I don't think that's cool by quite a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> I think we can agree on that. <laughs> <sighs> so they ha- do we have? So final thought: Do we have any stories we didn't cover? Sort of mechanics we didn't like, or I mean, I, I'm still. I keep coming back to this idea that I don't want. Uh, people to come away with the idea that we simply weren't invested enough, and it seems like such an easy thing that I feel is... like we put quite a lot of time and energy. And into, we got, well, I mean, that basically, it. we have a ton of stories to tell. We clearly invested quite a lot, and we didn't have a good time. I mean, that's basically yeah. Apart as... from like, there were a couple of moments that were cool, but on the whole, like, we we wouldn't do it again. Mechanically, really. something that is, I guess, this is the simplest way to put it. Um, while being a hitman for you know one week, two weeks, or three weeks, if you do really well, a month. Sounds interesting. What you have to understand is that when you are playing a one-hit-one-kill game, you will be playing it for three weeks. Yeah, you will enjoy about 60 seconds of actual you know, action. You will enjoy 60 seconds in four weeks. You'll, you're paying for 60 seconds of actual drama, of gunfights, of anything like that. And everything else is in your own head and nothing. It, everything else has zero payoff. 
which is not ideal, really. I mean, that's about the worst possible investment of time to pay off than <laughs> just about anything I've ever played. Yeah, I mean, I think by the end we were so fatigued of it that we don't even know who won or what the final result was. No, oh, we... blimey, no, I don't, it actually. It was probably Candy Crotch Saga. <laughs> uh, it driving around been. in his car and... Yeah, uh, he had a car. There yeah. were a couple of people who were doing really quite well near the end, I think, and there were people who had a lot of... Not to criticise them, but a lot of free time. <laughs> it's sort of... I mean, I can see... It's a game that has a history, I think, of being played on in some form on campuses or yes. by... Yes. Where, oh, my God. Where, where everything's so much more, so everything's more, more local. Space, yep. uh, where, for example, if you're on a college campus... There are only so many dormitories. Yep. The policies of entering and exiting dormitories are always clear to everyone yep. who attends the college. Um, you, there's only so much manipulation you can do on a campus. It's everyone's habits and movements are very accessible, and the space is limited. I would definitely be interested to see how this worked um, on an office campus or on a college campus, where mm. you know where where the scope was contained and better understood. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or even within a group of friends in the Killer PDF, it talks about a game called um, uh, the Bo- Borgias. I don't know how to pronounce that. Borgias, I think so. The Borgias, Borgias families, where ultimately players only start with one player on each team. You pick a group of friends, two players who know each other but not that well, <laughs> and then they can recruit other players. They get an in- in-game gold. They build a family. Yeah, and that's interesting because, no, it's not a campus, but what you do get is a group of friends who are all loosely connected. Yeah, and so it's an element of a network, I guess. Exactly. So the pre-existing network exists and the game uses it to uh, minimise the impact of the geography, which is obviously a benefit of the game, but potentially a massive hindrance. Mm. Whereas if you have an entire city to hide in, as was the case in Street Wars, then you are essentially playing an enormous game of hide-and-seek with a small bit of water-related admin. Yeah. I just, ah, that trip across, that was the moment that I lost interest, that Mm. trip across London and how long it took to get there and then getting there and then having my disguise and having my plan. And And seeing that despite the fact that you'd prepared in a very entertaining way. And it's like their address wasn't even correct. And there's no one there to let me in unless I start pressing all the different doorbells. And then I go, I'm a delivery man, but not really. Can I have the package? No. (laughs) You know, uh, do you have any ID? No, because I'm just here to water pistol someone, but please don't get me arrested, even though we're next to an embassy in a, like, country with a mild fear of terrorism. Okay, so uh, we're not ending this entirely on a downer. We think this is still... Like, there was so much amazing... We had some cool moments. I put my favourite stories into my audio piece. Yes, which people should absolutely listen to. Lee has a very long uh, Spoken Mod article, which is also on Gamma Sutra. Uh, Thank you very much for letting us host that. Hey! My pleasure. But it's a game of moments, and if you are going to play it, then you should design it in such a way to maximise those moments. I think that's it shouldn't necessarily stop if players die, and it shouldn't necessarily be limited to chasing one target at a time we are going to be putting a video up in a bit brendan right now is designing some kind of one day like brendan has plans doesn't he oh god he's used the word traitors he's used the word (laughs) post-apocalypse it's gonna be astonishingly good i've seen like one night i got like 20 back-to-back snapchats from brendan oh yeah he was paper prototyping something i don't know how much of that was that a real (laughs) board game or was that him doing a sort of tongue-in-cheek joke board game you can tell when brendan starts drinking and using snapchat Nobody, nobody. Uh, okay, hopefully that wasn't too downbeat for everyone. We've <laughs> got an uplifting message. By Killer, uh, I think, is is what I would say. It's a PDF. It's available for something like $10 at Warehouse 23, which is Steve Jackson's online ah. shop. People should absolutely buy that because it's if you like game design, it's an incredible read, even if you're not going to play it. But and cheap, then, by the sounds of it. 10 bucks, yeah. Or you can get a physical version sent to you, I believe. 
Um, Quinn's read it, uh, and I laughed like an idiot the whole time he was reading it. (laughs) That's an endorsement if there is any. And and it's also proof that I am uh, an idiot. An idiot. Hopefully, you'll have fun reading it, and maybe it'll inspire you to try it. Um, So, yeah, but don't don't pay money to Street Wars, because you might not have fun. (laughs) Um, Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Thanks for coming. Bye. 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 It sounds like you're leaving. I am leaving. She's leaving. Bye. Uh